Hey, it's Dave Lotan, Chairman of Orion Resources uh, with Matty Talika, the CEO of Orion Resources. Orion is a gold exploration and discovery company in Finland. We have partnerships with or investments from three major companies, Kinross, B2, and Newmont. Uh, we think Finland is the premier emerging gold district in the world with the fantastic Ikari discovery on our borderline, uh, owned and operated by Rupert Resources, and with our fantastic Helmi discovery, uh, owned in a joint venture with B2 Gold and Orion and operated by B2. We also have sole discoveries on our RISC property uh, in this district, which we think uh, will rise to the, uh, the top of the market in the next year or two. Dave, thank you very much for that introduction. Matty, nice to have you on the call as well. Um, <clears throat> I have been following from afar Orion's progress over the years. Um, but this is the first time I've actually had a chance to speak to you both. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next half an hour or so getting to know the company. Dave, if I could just start with you um, at the top level, I, I, I do want to get into the geology, into the, the projects in Finland. But um, just at the top level, you've got these three relationships with the major companies. Um, could you, Kinross, B2 and Newmont, could you outline and and you've got that joint venture with B2. Could you outline the kind of the, the, the main way that you are related to those three companies, please? Sure, sure. Well, Orion was a prospect generator, uh, much like the company that you're involved with, Salazar in, in Ecuador. And uh, during periods, uh, during, during the, the bear market of, let's say, 2011 to 2015, Orion relocated uh, its exploration efforts from Mexico to Finland. Uh, it was a five cent stock at the time. And uh, that's really not uh, a cost of capital that's appropriate for drilling your own projects. So at the time, we pursued joint ventures uh, as, as a matter of course and arranged uh, this, what's turned out to be serendipitous joint venture with B2 Gold, which contains this new Helmi discovery at the moment. Uh, some very inexpensive surface sampling work yielded a magnificent discovery uh, on our own property, which we call Amorusco. Thousands of boulders averaging 25 grams over a kilometer by a kilometer and a half. Uh, the stock raced up to a couple of bucks. We got investments from Ross Beattie and Eric Sprott and some other uh, luminaries in the business who I had had previous relationships with. Um, rather than blowing our brains out drilling with that money, uh, we, we took our time and we had a bunch of majors out to site. And in a relatively competitive situation, we had Kinross invest for 10% of the company at about a $150 million valuation. Uh, Gold Corp was involved in that process and uh, decided that they wanted to own 5% of the company as they were permitted to under their NDA. Uh, and they bought that in the market. Uh, Kinross paid about $230 a share. I think Gold Corp paid about $275 a share. The Gold Corp stake has since been inherited by Newmont. We have attempted to buy it from them on one occasion and, and they uh, have, have uh, let us know that they wanted to hold on to it. So, uh, And also Newmont prior to that was coming to our site probably once a year uh, to see what was going on in Finland. Um, we had a bit of bad luck in the company. Well, uh, some enormous bad luck. Uh, there was COVID that everyone experienced, but our founder, Mike Basha, lost his son in a tragic accident in, in 2019, uh, which set us back um, for probably about a year. During that period, uh, we ran some scout drill programs, which weren't very fruitful, uh, but uh, we had um, second prize, which is Rupert made this fantastic Ickery discovery uh, 
literally in places 50 meters from the border of our joint venture with B2 Gold. That's blossomed into 4 million ounces in only 36,000 meters of drilling in about 18 months. I'm sure it's getting bigger now, but this is the kind of discovery that juniors should be working to find. Incredibly, incredibly efficient. Uh, the the yield of uh, ounces on drilling, the yield of, of um, NPV on drilling uh, is going to be extremely high. Uh, Merlin, you've interviewed a bunch of these Abitibi companies that drill hundreds of thousands of meters without producing a resource, uh, looking for narrow high-grade targets. Um, but what Rupert has shown us all is that uh, is that even though we do have one of these beautiful Abitibi-like targets at Amorusco, which is high grade uh, and uh, and somewhat and somewhat difficult, uh, reluctant to reveal its charms. Uh, there are going to be these big fish uh, swimming right under the surface uh, as well. I mean, this is an area that has an incredible gold endowment, uh, and it's just a question of finding where the traps are and where the most productive traps are. And that's the process we're engaged in now. We have the good luck of having the parallel development. Of our joint venture discovery, which is already uh, of our joint venture, which has already made one of these discoveries. Uh, so we're working now to, to try to manage the company towards uh, the ultimate value creation with a minimal amount of dilution along the way. Thank you. Thank goodness, there's a, there's a lot to unpack in that. That was a very uh, a full answer. <laughs> um, um, so. Safe to say, it, feel, it feels like um, Newmont is a kind of a, is passive shareholder, but there's uh, an interested passive. You know, so they're, they're watching your progress. They've obviously got an eye on what Rupert have done because that Rupert discovery is um, is, a, is a phenomenal discovery. Um, you've got this joint venture with B two. Um, you've got a thirty percent um, share in that. Can you describe to me how that came about? And uh, it, it's a huge land package, isn't it? Um, let's just come. Can you just give me the, the commercial terms of that joint venture with um, B2? Matty, I promise you, I will get to you. But uh, let's just stick with the commercial terms um, <laughs> of the B2 joint venture, please. Sure. Well, uh, we did that joint venture in 2015, which was an, an awful market. We still managed to get some payments for it, which have amounted to millions of dollars in B2 stock now. Uh, but essentially, they were able to earn 75% uh, by spending $15 million and delivering a bankable feasibility study and arranging our share of the project debt. However, uh, they also had the option to go just to 70%. Uh, and uh, when they finally made the discovery, we were months away from, uh, from the deadline to form the joint venture. They were probably three or four holes into it. Had they opted to go to 75%, uh, the, the additional 5% would, we estimate, have cost them $50 million. Uh, and that would have been putting a billion-dollar value on the project after four or five fantastic discovery drill holes, but nonetheless only four or five holes. So they opted uh, to stay at 70. Uh, we contribute to stay at 30. We had the good luck of having, let's say, $10 million in the bank uh, when they made the discovery, uh, and we had just raised another $17 million after that, uh, sorry, let's say 16. <clears throat> and so we were well able to contribute. 
we we did consider you know whether or not we should give them more of the project and and uh, and try to get carried on it, but that would have been a complicated process, and it's one that's available to us at any time. But given uh, we ended the year with let's say around twenty six million dollars in the bank, assuming a three million dollar contribution this year, which is about what it's been uh, or will be. Um, we had plenty of money for that. And assuming that it's double that next year, which would be a $20 million budget for B2, uh, that, that's already funded as well. And of course, in both cases, that leaves us with seven to $9 million per year to work our own properties. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's really crystal clear. So, um, um, Matty, could you just pull up the map, please? I, th I think you've got a map there of, um, of the joint venture with um, B2 Gold, because I think this is a crucial point that you were talking about, Dave, about the difference between um, chasing a narrow vein, structurally controlled uh, target, or a, a narrow structurally controlled target, maybe in a vein, um, and a wider, thicker package through which you can build tons as long as the grade is there. So um, thank mm -hmm. you, Matty. So I can see there you've got the B2 Gold joint venture in the purple acreage. Oh yeah, there we go. There's your mouse, and um, right next to each other, you can barely kind of space the two dots. Are um, Helmi and Ikari. Uh, Ikari, of course, is the Rupert discovery. Um, I'm I'm good mates with both uh, Tom and and um, James there, um, so I, I kind of I, I I keep up to date with what they're what the, the, what they're doing, and um, there is. Um, Tell me, can you zoom in? Do you, you, you've got another map, haven't you, which is kind of uh, closer in on that? Yeah, I see where you get to. Plenty of maps here. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, this one. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's you've got the structure running east west and um that that th those those first drill holes i mean you've got a list of very impressive drill holes there down the left hand side of the of the screen those are from 20 when were they made were they 2021 or are they 2020 and they were actually done in 2021 uh, and 2022 so the first drill holes in this helmy corridor on our side of the property they were drilled in 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 uh July last year, and we actually got the re first results in October last year. So this is all very, very new recent activities what we are doing here. Fantastic. Maybe, Maddie, you uh, can pull up a map that shows Kudavoma as well, just so Merlin can see the entire corridor. Um. Yeah, I think I, I've just been in your latest presentation, which is the kind of the September presentation, and it talks about... Um, the first program was 5,200 meters uh, in 20 holes, and then you did another 6,500 meters in the winter, and you're just in the middle of a subsequent 10,000 meter program. Um, if you, on, on this map, I, I can see the seven kilometers between uh, Kutavuoma on the left and Helmi on the, on the, on the, to the east. Can you kind of tell me where the drilling is going and what, what, what the plan is for this 17,000 meter drill? program that you're doing at the moment what, what are your aims from this program okay sure so so far as you mentioned we we drilled last year about five thousand meters and during the first half of this year uh, six and a half thousand meters uh, majority of those holes were drilled along the helmy corridor very close where we were testing the extent uh, strike extent of the mirrors zones there 
in the east-west uh, trending corridor. And then we drilled a handful of uh, scout holes you can see here on the northern part to the north from, from Helm. So now we, we got positive results from both of these campaigns. The scout holes, half of those uh, intercepted zones of colonization in these new blind targets and maturity of the Helmi holes also uh, hit the quite sizable organization and extended the footprint both on strike and with depth. And now the follow-up program, we actually have two, two rigs uh, operating as we speak. So one rig is focusing on the Helmi trend. We are testing still the, the strike extensions. We are also testing the depth extensions with one rig. And the other rig is, is circulating with, with these new scout targets or what we have been defined based on geophysical surveys and base of steel surveys. Thank you. Um, Matty, the, the, the Rupert Resources model seems to be using geophysics as a, um, as a key factor in searching for the favorable environments and understanding the geology and then doing base of till surveys. Do you, I mean, how do you do your targeting? And uh, I, I know that B2 are operating uh, the exploration, but um, presumably there's a lot of input from, from your side as well. So is, is it a geophysics and a kind of um, base of till approach? And if not, what is your approach? Yeah, so just a little bit background on, on the geology. So we are here on, on a paleoproterozoic crystal belt, uh, which is very sizable, you know, compared to Abidity Belt and some of the other uh, favorable gold-bearing system in the, in the world. And the, the one thing we have here in northern Finland, that the majority of the area is covered by overburden. You know, we have quite complex steel stratigraphy, can be quite deep, anything between 2 and 30 meters. So we have very, very few outcrops in this area. So that means that the traditional ways of doing systematic exploration here um, are geophysics combined with till geochemistry. We can use heavy mineral sampling, we can use base of till sampling um, in order to define those zones that, that, that could be uh, prospective for gold. And when you combine uh, different uh, data sets from different geological, geophysical surveys, then to this information, the till geochemistry, that is that is the main tool we use for targeting. So that, that and that this approach has been used in the discovery process of I would say 99% of uh, deposit or discoveries here in this part of the world. And that includes Kittila mine, um, that includes the major discovery by Sakati, and, and of course the same approach has been applied by Rupert. So yeah, there, there's nothing nothing fancy in a way. It's, it's systematic way, doing good science, and trying to be technical, technically as efficient as possible. And I, I, you showed um, Helmi on the same structure, the same east-west structure as Ikari. Yeah. Do you have the same geophysical signature? Do you have the same geology? Or are there differences? Um, they, they look very similar. Um, they are part of the... We have the major uh, domain boundary, major trust belt structure, which carries over 80 kilometers. Along that uh, trust belt, we have more than 40 occurrences of gold. Uh, we have... The domain boundaries is between younger sedimentary domain and the older mafic and ultramafic domain. And Ikari and Helmi, they are hosted by these mafic and ultramafic rocks. And they look, they are like sisters and brothers. Uh, some, of, some of the people, not just us, but some analysts who have first visited Ikari, 
and and then and then came to see our rocks or be too cold uh, tournament rocks they say that okay uh, they look exactly the same so we have the same stratigraphy we have the same type of structures we have the same mineralization style and actually that doesn't not apply just for Ikari and, and helm but along this trend uh, number of of these origin gold deposits they they show the same characteristics and what took you to Kutuvumi? Um, kind of seven kilometers away. Was that a was that again just kind of a ranked priority target? And what does that mean for the gap in between? You know, are you infilling that gap, or are, are these very separate, discrete structures? Because the distance from you to Kutuvuma, or from Helmi to Kutuv, um sorry, I get the name wrong, Kutuvuma, and to Ikari, it's, um, Helmi is much closer to Ikari than it is to. Um, and, and don't worry, we, we try to pick as complicated names in Finnish as possible <laughs> to help you guys. Um, so I, I think they are part of the same system. We have the same major structure going through tens of kilometers. It, it joins actually Helmi, joins Ikari, joins Kutuvuoma. The simple fact is that this area have, has have not been explored for gold in the systematic way. And Kutuvoma, actually, that's that's a historic prospect, or well, historic in late 90s, it was discovered, and and as a byproduct for base metal exploration. So it, initially, it was a copper target. It was drilled a little bit, very very limited amount of drilling. But even with that limited amount of drilling, we have a number of 100 plus gram meter intercepts there. And, and then it was just left. There, there's a tiny test bit as well. Actually, that was processed at Pahtavara Mill. Uh, and since then, there was no systematic exploration done until until now, when we finally got the land package together. And, and we are and, and we will be obviously testing uh, the area between Helmi and Kutuvoma. And I think there's a very good chance that there, there are other mineralization along the trend as well. And just to clarify, Merlin, we bought Kutuvoma from Dragon Mining. So Maddie was with Dragon Mining when Orion originally came to Finland. And Mike Basha uh, bought Kutuvoma, which at the time was a very small land package, in a tender process uh, facing Maddie in the transaction. Uh, we liked him enough that we wanted to have him on the board. At the time, Dragon owned or would own about 14% of our, our company based on the shares that, that we had given them. So this was deemed to be appropriate. Uh, and then Mike staked all, all this ground around it and dramatically increased the size of the land package. And so Kudovoma was already something you could see a resource in, uh, but it, 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 at least, it, it looked small based on the work that was done. Uh, and the land package was too small. And then Mike was able to assemble a much larger land package around it and, and make his most important acquisition, which was Maddie. So. And um, was, was Kutuvoma, was that based on, a, on, an, um, on an outcrop? Because I've, I've seen that before as well. Can, some of the older discoveries are outcrop based and uh, a little bit of exposure. And then the the um, the covered discoveries are um, found later on. Kutuvoma was also covered based on uh, based on the base of teal and geophysics, and as I mentioned, it was part of the uh, part of the, the campaign that the state-driven companies and geological survey had uh, in seventies, eighties, and nineties for base metal exploration. And that, that that is actually a story for many of these historic prospects that we are now testing as well. That you know in, in 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, 
all exploration in Finland was controlled by the state. And, and it was only interested in base metals. So there was systematic geological work, both geophysics, mapping, and, and till sampling. But it, it wasn't even sampled for gold in most cases. However, that le- leads us now to this kind of like fantastic situation that, that we have reasonable backup, background information uh, that has never been applied for gold in a systematic way. So now we are benefiting from, from those tens of years of exploration by the state, driven companies, entities, and now using that on top of the modern techniques we can use now. So that help us to, to define further targets for gold. Thank you, Matty. That's a, that's a really comprehensive answer. Now, when I look at your market capitalization of 67 million Canadian, um, in, in a way, one can almost say that quite a lot of that is going to be um, is, is um, backstopped by the discovery at Helmi. Um, I, I know that there are no resource numbers out, it, um, out yet, but when you get consistent grade um, uh, meter intersections like have been um, shown, it's very encouraging. It makes one think that this is going to be an economic deposit. You know, it makes one think that this is heading towards something that's going to come out of the ground, unlike so much exploration around the world. Um, Especially if you can consider it as a, co- as, a, as a co-development situation, Merlin, because, of course, Ikari and Helmi are so close together, it's unlikely that there wouldn't be some cooperation between the separate business entities. Okay, well, I'll, I'll park that thought. Um, <clears throat> but um, the... I mean, the exploration strategy of a junior is, is different to that of a mid-tier company. So, I mean, your your exploration strategy in your joint venture is is being driven by B two Gold. Do they have the same um, appetite to put a an envelope around a resource as you do, or, or are they interested in continuing to prove up the area without necessarily putting a resource number on it? Well, I I, I believe that. That, well, first of all, we are really, really happy to have B2 Gold as a, as a partner. And, and I, I, it, so it's, it's been very, very close cooperation as well. We, we even share office spaces and accommodation in Surangulang and work together on, on, on many aspects in this project, which is operated by, by B2 Gold. Now, when, when we consider that, you know, we, we, uh, we find something uh, quite significant or shows the potential to be something quite significant. It is beneficial to the joint venture, to both parties, to try to expand the envelope as quickly as possible, particularly considering what is happening on the other side of the property boundary. So we, we have been very pleased that, that B2 Gold has been active. They have allocated very good team. They have allocated sufficient uh, funding as well. We actually increased joining to increase the expiration budget for this year by three and a half million dollars just a month ago. So uh, the budget for this year is, is 13.5 million Canadian dollars. So it will give us 17, 18,000 meters of drilling. We have, and, and that's mostly going to help me, but we are also uh, generating new targets. And, you know, so it, it's been very active, very, very good cooperation with B2Go. Uh, we try to move forward uh, with the uh, joint venture exploration program as quickly as we can and, and expand the mineral zone at Helmi. And actually, frankly, B2Go, I, I believe that this uh, joint venture is their second biggest exploration budget in the world after West Africa and Mali. 
So that shows the, the also the commitment that V2 Gold has uh, for, for this area. Fantastic. And it's um, a hell of a lot safer in the, than uh, operating in Finland than it is operating in Mali. I, I think so too. Not much, not fewer, fewer security risks and uh, much less malaria. <laughs> um, but the um, the mosquitoes are quite bad in Finland, aren't they? Do you get uh, 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 <laughs> and hassled by the mosquitoes? I guess you get it in Canada as well. The Finnish Air yeah. Force. Well, fortunately, for, 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 <laughs> our, our summer season is fairly short, so <laughs> in the winter season, there's no problem with mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> no problem with the mosquitoes. Um, now let, let's move on to um, let's move on to your hundred um, uh, percent properties. And I, I, we, I we've been talking for probably half an hour on um, on your joint venture properties, but let's not ignore your hundred um, percent held properties. Um, I, I noticed that in your presentation you talk about the end of helium supported um, drilling. Does that also refer to? Um, does that also refer to, refer to the the joint venture properties? Are you are you truck mounted? Are you um, road supported? I mean, how how is how is the exploration carried out on both the joint venture and on the one hundred percent held properties? We we are using only truck mounted rigs nowadays. Uh, the only area where we had to use helicopter supported drilling was the Amoroskodi initial high grade discovery because uh, the put the problem, you know the the good drilling orientation was achieved only by by taking the rig up to the rugged hill, and and that limited our ability to drill efficiently, uh, both from technical and from capital point of view, particularly uh, for several years. But now we've been able to solve that one as well, so we don't need to use helicopter supported drilling anymore, anywhere. Great. Now my my um, idiots on understanding my my ignorant approach to understanding. Um, um, Orion was that you had made these incredible discoveries in the boulders, and there was lots and lots of high grade. But uh, the kind of the first round of drilling or the next phase of exploration afterwards didn't consolidate the kind of the source material. Can you, Matty? Can you explain kind of the thinking around the geological approach and how you've how you've tackled the exploration in recent years at um, Aristi and um, Amorisco? Sure, and, and may may I share one slide here? It's probably. Please, yeah, let's it's go for it. It's easier to explain. So let, let me start with, with this one. Um, just to give you a little bit background on, on my, Mike Basha, uh, a fantastic geologist, fantastic prospector. When, when Mike and, and his team came to Finland, they, they simply walked the ground. They did really, really good mapping and prospecting in the areas that we have outcrops. And here on the left side, you can see you know, the samples Mike and the team collected, there are all eight and a half thousand samples averaging about six grams per ton gold on average. That is a fantastic discovery just by walking on surface. And and actually that, that shows how underexplored or unexplored this area is as a whole. And obviously where we can do the mapping, we need to have suitable rocks that, that are on surface. And in this case, we would have these silica-rich sediments uh, which are resistant to erosion and you can actually find from surface. So this was the really, really intriguing discovery uh, Mike did here at the center at Amorosco. And I, I will go, I will jump into Amorosco just shortly, but, uh, but I'll, I'll tie this to, together with the regional work we are doing. And this, this actually outlines the kind of like the targeting for 
joint venture as well and what we are doing. So now, my, as, as I mentioned, Mike did fantastic work on the prospecting mapping wherever we can do that. Now, we are complementing this work and using these ideas combined with the ideas we, we get from Helmi, from Kukupuma, from Ikari, and we, we are moving also to the other side of the domain boundaries, into mafic and ultramafic rocks. These are all covered by overburden, so you don't find anything from surface. So that's why you can see that, you know, where, where we have gaps, white, white areas here on the map on the left, those areas we are now targeting and testing with geophysics and base of tail. What is really encouraging now, that we see that we have gold on both sides of these structures, what we have interpreted here. The initial discoveries Mike and the team did, they were all here in, this, in the sedimentary basin because that's where the indications led based on these uh, boulders. But now we've all we've seen that Helmi, Ikari, Kutuvoma, Karselka historic occurrence right here, that we actually have gold also on the mafic and ultramafic side. So as long as we are close to the domain boundaries, major structures, we have prospectivity on both sides of those. And of course, if we just think about the which is the most prospective host for gold, then then it, you know mafic and ultramafic rocks we tend to get a more uh, well more consistent zones of mineralization, more wider zones of mineralization. So it's it's kind of like Helmi and Ikari style compared to these. Uh, super high-grade systems in, in uh, silica-rich sediments where they act in a more brittle way. We do get nuggety gold. We still have fantastic amount of gold, but it's, it just takes more more drilling and more work to define the tonic and create uh, a statistical, uh, satis satisfied way. So we are combining the approaches here uh, on, on, on what the work was done a couple of years ago and what we are doing now. Sorry, that was a long... And thank you. No, 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 no. No, that's it's really fantastic because um, clearly the in the in the silica-rich sediments, fluid flow is confined to a few fractures, and that's where you get the high grade because um, it's it's all being channeled through a very very narrow uh, fissures and fractures, which means that um, it's got limited opportunities to kind of to penetrate the the bulk of the rock mass and also presumably because it's silica rich it's less reactive um it's relatively inert uh, um, or neutral um uh host rock and so even though you get fluid flow you might not get the precipitation but if you can find the ultramafic areas which have got a much better permeability and probably porosity uh, and they're probably slightly more reactive that's where you're going to get the disseminated or the or the thicker intersections of mineralization especially when they're associated with a um the same plumbing system with the same fracturing um so i might add merlin that we, we do have uh the beginnings of what would make a resource at amarusco the problem is the opportunities were all down plunge and would have required drilling through increasingly large intervals of dead rock or potentially dead rock in order to grow it. So we attempted to grow it laterally, but before we looked for more shoots coming to surface, we needed to do away with helicopters. And we're only very early in that process now. So there's now lateral development opportunities rather than opportunities to depth, but that's that's it's taken us really a year and a half to get to that, that stage. 
When you talk about lateral opportunities at Amorusco, are you talking about laterally into the ultramafics? And have you managed to um, identify targets in the ultramafics that you will be um, progressing to the drilling stage? Yeah, yeah, yes, we are. And let me try to share another other slide. It's so much easier to show something and try to explain, particularly with my program in English. Uh, this one is actually uh, part of the uh, reply to your to earlier question that how wide the system is at Amorusco and what we've been drilling there. So this is a pseudo long section where, where you can see that we have a few pockets of areas where we have uh, more drilling and we have lots of high-grade results along these trends. And actually the scale of many these like high-grade shoots or starting potential start of the uh, high-grade shoots that extend weight in the depth, you know, these are in the same scale that we've seen in many of the Canadian examples as well. You know, the high-grade shoots within these uh, brittle rocks, quite often they, they don't, the strike extent is no more than 100 to 200 meters each, but they have quite often quite quite good depth continuation. Now, what, what we have recently identified is, is this, that when, when we drilled from top of the hill here through a package of, of sedimentary rocks, we actually identified that we don't have just one, one uh, structure, but we actually have at least two. So, so we have sedimentary rocks in contact with mafic rocks. We have a gap rock unit where we have sheared a beautiful altered system with arsenopoirin and gold. Then we go in, into, again, the silica-rich sediments. And this is the zone where we have the initial high-grade discoveries over a strike of more than one kilometer. But now, when we drilled into the, uh, the gap row a little bit deeper, we started to see beautiful alteration, shearing, veining, arsenopyrite, and gold also within the gap rock site. And so this is the domain boundary I was, I was telling about earlier. You know, we, we have the, on the domain boundary on the other side, we have the sedimentary rocks, and on the other side, we have mafic and Vulcan, uh, ultramafic rocks. And, and now this is kind of like clear evidence that the same structures uh, go through all these lithologies. And, and now we, we are drilling as we speak, and one of the targets for, for the second half of this year is testing the extensions uh, of these structures, uh, gold-bearing structures within the neighboring authorities here in, in, in Gabro, in Mafic and Ultramafic rocks. You've, you've found the, you've got the domain boundary, you've got the high grade in the, in the sediments, and you're on the edge of your um, Amorisco system. And it, it, is that the reason why you're moving the um continue the drilling into the ultramafics or um is it just because you're in a kind of a good environment or is there something special you can see in these um ultramafics that you can't see in other places well, there, there are there are a couple of things that we've seen in the ultram in these matrix rocks um, last year when we started to drill this this area and this year uh, the first thing i'd like to point out is that that we have these caparoic intrusions and a number of those and as you know, in the majority of the gold there is hosted by these caproic uh, diorite intrusions or seals, which, which are rather wide, you know, 150 to 250 meters wide, and, and wide enough that, that you have fractionation process within these uh, uh, seal bodies. And that, you know, the fractionation then provides another really crude 
really good physical trap in addition to the chemical trap you already have in the mafic rocks. And we've seen similar features also in, in, in some of the gaproic seals what we have in this area. So that's one of the one of the things that, that we, we wish to test and, and target. So that's kind of like the optimum target for gold called to precipitate where you have kind of like mafic rock which cracks easily and, and, and makes into uh, breaks into pieces. The other other thing we are targeting uh, not just in Amoruska, but a uh, little bit further in the south, uh, we are looking at highest strain uh, ductile deformation zones, which are quite extensive. Uh, we are close to this uh, major crustal scale break, as I mentioned, and, and then we have second and third order structures, uh, you know, from from the main structure. And when we look at uh, dimensioned Kutuvoma and, and Helmedis, Discoveries they are mainly within uh, within a highly highly deformed highly ductile deformed uh, package of mafic ultramafic and graphite bearing schists uh, close to either basalts or close to gabbroid bodies so so we are targeting those areas as well along the domain boundaries where we have identified both uh, structural features interpreted from the geophysics but also we we do have geochemical indication, we have anomalous gold, anomalous pathfinders along those trends as well. So we think that those are high priority targets as well. Excellent. That, and me being a geologist, I love that answer. Um, just to make it, uh, just to bring it back out of the geological rabbit hole, um, can you just summarize what the, what the exploration program is um, for the next six months in terms of meters drilled and how much is going into the Amorisco area and how much is going into the wider RISTI so project? We, we are drilling approximately 1,300 meters per month and it's an open-ended program. We, we keep on drilling uh, at least until the end of this year. Uh, I would say half of that uh, meters will go to, to Amorisco area and the other half then we will uh, start scout drill testing uh, these target areas, as we discussed, just you know, based on geophysics and and geochemical anomalies, and and actually we we keep on. So it's it's thirteen hundred meters per month at least until the end of the year. Is that right? So you've got four months. So you're looking at about um, what is it, five thousand two hundred meters as the program? Or have you? Yes, when that, did you that start? is correct. We started just a few weeks ago, but we have a, a drill a contract until which is open ended. So we will keep on drilling longer than that. And I think it's important to add, Merlin, that we're going to alternate between drilling higher probability areas, which are closer to Amorusco, uh, where, where we would hope to find Icari-style mineralization in the adjacent volcanic suite, and then lower probability targets, which could be entirely something new. And one of the other reasons that we're doing that is that it's taking a very long time for assays to arrive these days. Uh, still, unfortunately, uh, the after effects of COVID and sample prep is actually the, the bottleneck. So we will uh, we will test an area, wait for the assays to arrive to determine whether or not it needs further investigation or which direction to go in. Uh, while we're off testing other areas uh, and generally alternate between higher probability uh, opportunities close to Amorisco. Uh, and potentially home run opportunities further away from Amorisco and, and, and finding something entirely new. 
Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much for talking me through the projects and the company. I've learned a vast amount in a, in a very short space of time. And I hope that the, the, the viewers will get the same uh, learnings and the same experience. Um, and um, best of luck with the ongoing exploration. I look forward to uh, seeing the results as they come out in the month Thank ahead. you, Merlin, very much. Many thanks, Merlin. And um, the, a final thought: when I when I hear about you know Mike Basher and his and his uh, the tragic death of his son in an accident, I just think there are reasons to be thankful in this life, and um, health and family are pretty much up there at the, at the top of the top of the tree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely.